everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today we have a social spotlight interview with Brandon Brown of Chicagoland Speedway. I have been interested to talk to a track this year about how they do their social media when it's not a race weekend. I spoke with Lynn Sudik of Dover International Speedway earlier this year about how track handles social media during a race weekend itself. But I wanted to get a perspective of what they do the rest of the year. So I turned to Brandon Brown from Chicagoland for this. Now, just a quick word of warning here. Um, this interview was done via Skype, and the audio quality is not great. I have not perfected that yet. And uh, I need to get better at the Skype interviews because I figure a lot of the off season podcasts will happen that way. But um, just wanted to, you know, apologize in advance for. For the audio, I'll work on it for the next Skype podcast, but this was the best I could do sound-wise for this one, and thanks to Nate Ryan of NBC Sports for his tips with Audacity, which is an editing program. I was a little bit stumped about how to edit the volume of each person, and Nate gave me some tips, so I appreciate that, Nate. Anyway, without further ado, here is Brandon Brown from Chicagoland Speedway. All right, everybody, I'm here with Brandon Brown. He's the digital marketing manager for Chicagoland Speedway. And I guess I say I'm here with you. I'm not really here with you. I'm looking at you via Skype. <laughs> but I did want to chat with you, Brandon, before the Chicagoland Speedway weekend rolled up on us in, in a couple weeks here. So first of all, Brandon, how are you doing? Uh, doing great. Uh, we are less than 18 days right now. I don't know when this airs, but late, less than 18 days away from the race. And uh, it's all hands on deck as far as uh, what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish. Sweet. Well, it'll be 17 days by the time people hear this then because <laughs> okay. we'll edit this today and put it out tomorrow. Um, Brandon, one thing I want to talk to you about is your uh, Chicagoland Speedway account on Twitter. I feel like you guys do a really good job of interacting with your followers all year long so you obviously have the one race weekend but you are kind of staying top of mind with them constantly like you're, you're part of the nascar conversation you're interacting with people like orange cone or, or personalities like that um you know what's your philosophy as far as getting your followers to be engaged all year round well that's that's kind of what it's all about um i've been a nascar fan ever since i was eight years old so i appreciate you know the Talking to NASCAR fans like a NASCAR fan, and that's kind of my social media strategy, is, uh, you know, just talk to talk to everybody who's engaged with you like, like fans. So uh, one of the things that I try to do as much as I can is staying in every single conversation that you possibly can uh, um, and keeping ourselves in that conversation. Like, for example, yesterday when uh, uh, Hendrick announced that uh, Chase Elliott's moving over to the nine car and William Byron's taking over the 24, um, we jumped in that right away. I had a video queued up of when uh, when Chase Elliott won here in the nine car, and then fans just started uh, in, in the uh, Xfinity series in 2014, and fans just started jumping on that, you know, sending us pictures. Man, I was here in victory lane. I saw his burnout, and, and it's, just, it's, it's just great to interact that way because, um, you know, there's no really science to social media, and, and that's the way I love to do it. So what is the balance of, because obviously you guys, you know, you want to sell tickets to your race and you want to let people mm -hmm. know that, you know, hey, make sure you're, you're coming and all that stuff. But what is the balance to doing that and just putting out content to just keep people informed or 
just being interactive with people? Um, there, I mean, it's a it's a great balance because obviously, you know, we want to let people know as you know, as Chicagoland Speedway, what we have to offer. You know, whether it's what the ticket prices are, how many camping spots we have, um, all the new amenities. Um, but people on social media, you'll find, uh, become really disengaged when you just hit them over the head with buy tickets now, buy tickets now. We want you to buy tickets now, and you know, social media, in my opinion, isn't really a place for that. So. We hit on all of our marketing messages. We, we let people know that, yes, we have, we have tickets. We want, we want people to come in here. Our main goal is to put 55,000 people in those seats, sell out all of our camping spots, and give people a great time. But on social media, um, you have to do different things. You have to stay conversational. And um, it's not always hitting people over the head with the ticketing messages. So is that something that you have learned firsthand or that you were taught or, you know, how, how do you, I guess, what's the, where's the tipping point where somebody gets turned off or you would get somebody to, to tune out or lose a follower with too much messaging, I guess. Is that is just instinctual that you don't want to do that? Um, it's, uh, you know, there's uh, some great tools, whether it's on Facebook, um, Facebook especially, like you can, you can see what message, what message point you threw out there. That you know you lost ten followers, you lost fifteen followers, and you kind of use you can use that data to you know gear your posts towards more conversational. But uh, basically, I came in and uh, um, just um, a lot of the time, especially on Twitter, I just do what I think that I would want to see. Being a, being a NASCAR fan myself from way back, I put out content that. I would like to engage with, and I think that's the I call it I'll call it sending out shareable content that the, um, gives you an emotional investment. If you're emotionally invested in the content, you're more likely to relate to it, and you're more likely likely to share it out, and that helps us, and that uh, you know gets gets our job done. So you you touched on Facebook here, so let's let's uh, go to that for a second. Um, mm -hmm. What's the difference in the content that you're putting on Facebook during the during the season? And what you're putting on Twitter? Um, well, Twitter, uh, I kind of tweet Twitter as like just a not a free for all, but basically a, just a a place where you can you can have endless conversations with people about anything. Uh, Facebook is much more structured than than Twitter when it comes to that. You you kind of put uh, um, you know if you put if you put out. 20 Facebook posts a day, um, the algorithm will dilute it and all of your messaging will get kind of filtered out unless it's something that's really, really shareable. Um, but on Twitter, if I'm out there bantering with uh, um, Texas Motor Speedway and Talladega and the Orange Cone and, and retweeting you all at the same time, um, it's less likely to do that. So Facebook, we really, really try to um, um, stick more towards our our sales messages and really, really, you, you put your really, really great content on Facebook and Twitter, you can be more conversational with it. So what is the strategy like as far as from a team perspective? Because, you know, obviously everybody there, you have a marketing department, things like mm -hmm. that. People work together to come up with this stuff. Um, do you have free reign once the messaging comes out to just say what you want? Or are, is there a brainstorming sessions to say, okay, we need to do this this day? Like, how, how does that whole process work? Uh, we, uh, we have, uh, um, you know, from you know, January 1st uh, 
to race weekend, we have a um, we have a great outline as to what we want to accomplish and when we want to accomplish it. Um, but as you know, um, social media is is twenty four seven, three sixty five, and very fluid. So um, we. We, we follow an outline, but you can't always follow it uh, to the T because things are changing all the time. So are there any times where, you know, you, you worry about going too far with a tweet? Not that you uh, tweet offensive things, but people mm-hmm. can get in trouble for tweets sometimes if it doesn't toe the, toe the corporate line. Uh, any, have you ever been reprimanded or anything like that? I haven't. I haven't been reprimanded. Reprimanded. I've. Uh, I've been asked to because um, I live tweet all the races, and I live tweet. You know, as you know, staying on company message, but also as a fan. You know, when uh, um, you know when Ryan Blaney was battling Kevin Harvick, we're going. You know, you're going nuts on Twitter. So a couple of things have been asked to take down, but nothing. Nothing really, really bad. But um, when we were traveling to Michigan. Um, we, we camped at Michigan and my, uh, my coworker, Michael and I, we did a, uh, just a live tweet, uh, from the Chicagoland account of our trip. And we asked fans, ask us anything, ask us anything from, from whatever. And then, uh, so a fan asked us, you know, why don't y'all give out free hot passes to all the, all the fans? And then I said, well, hot passes, as, you know, aren't as easy to get as you might think. Right. And then Dale Jr. tweeted to this guy, his name was Jeff, quoted our tweet and said, don't lie to Jeff. And of course, what Dale Jr. says on Twitter is the law, and it blew up. And of course, I had that heart attack moment where, oh, oh my God, I'm going to have to, you know, delete this tweet. I'm going to have to, you know, we're going to have to put out a PR, like a press release, all this stuff. Uh, but then I... And then, uh, of course, John Wood jumps in, and he's like, well, Dale's just lying, or something like that. And then a couple of other NASCAR team guys is like, you know, Dale's just BSing. And, uh, and it kind of quelled it. But, you know, you have those heart attack moments where, you know, you, you're putting out something that's edgy and fun and cool, and you just hope that it you know, does get you in trouble. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so you've, uh, you've referred a couple times to um, how much, you know, you grew up being a fan Yep. Um, what was your journey to get to this point, um, to being the digital marketing manager for Chicagoland Speedway? Like, how did this happen? Okay, so I've, since uh, 1993, I've probably seen, I'm going to say 99%, I've watched, either watched, listened to, or saw in person probably 99% of the NASCAR races since 93. I I almost quit Little League Baseball because I couldn't watch uh, the 2000 Pepsi 400. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, um, it's always, it's been a dream of mine to work in NASCAR in, in some capacity. So I went to, you know, I went to journalism school at West Virginia University, got a degree in broadcasting and I wanted to be Ken Squire. Like I knew I was going to be a racer, but I wanted to be Ken Squire. Ken Squire is my broadcasting hero. Um, and so I became a sports writer. You know, you have, you have to start somewhere doing something. So I was a sports writer at West Virginia while I was in broadcasting school, and then I, uh, luckily, um, I got on as a stringer with the Associated Press, uh, covering women's basketball, and then, um, through that, um, Jenna Fryer, who I'm sure you know, she went to West Virginia, she came to our school, um, to speak, 
And of course, I was asking her, bugging her, went to lunch with her, and then I paid my way to the Coke 600 in 2008 just to shadow her for a weekend. Um, after I got out of college, I was a sports writer at my local paper. I went to work with at a sports marketing company, um, uh, doing uh, um, uh, basically copy editing and publishing. And then we started uh, uh, social media marketing there. And then when I was ready to move on, the Chicagoland Speedway Digital Marketing Coordinator job opened up, and I jumped the chance. I went and applied, and within two weeks, I was hired. And it was probably one of the greatest days of my life. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. But, like, how does that background, um, obviously, you said before that, you know, you want to come from a fan perspective. Right. And you haven't, you haven't lost that. Um, but how does that inform your decisions on a day-to-day basis, I guess? Uh, one, I think it, it goes back to, um, you know, knowing, knowing the terminology, knowing, um, knowing what, na- what I would want to see and hear and feel and visual and video and all that stuff uh, as a fan. So whenever we're pushing out our, our you know, marketing messages, our videos, our, our, even, our, even down to our creative pieces, um, I want that to be as, you know, every, every little thing I want to look and feel like it would make me, like it made me feel when I was a kid, you know, like, uh, like we pushed out Kyle Bush's, uh, um, 18 days to go creative piece on our social media channels today. Um, and then Toyota racing was interacting with it and it was just really, really fun stuff. So it stood out to, to a lot of people and I want to make, you know, I want to make, all of our fans have an emotional investment like I did when I was a kid. So for people that are listening to this that may be fans themselves, maybe their careers are just starting off or they really want to work in the NASCAR industry like you've made it, um, you know, what advice would you give to those people? Uh, I would say, um, depending on where you are in your career, if you're, if you're in college, uh, do... Um, Get you know, do every little thing that you can um, outside of your schoolwork. I like uh, how I got on with the Associated Press. I ran uh, stats for the state swimming meet for two days of like fourteen-hour days. Wow. Yeah. So basically, the, I'm sure you kind of know how that works. Um, they would swim for a little bit. I'd get the stats, put it on a jump drive, send it down to Charleston, West Virginia. They would you know publish them. And we'd go back and forth. Uh, basically, I was just sitting there for the majority of the day watching high school swimming. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, um, I, I, could, I didn't have to do that. I, uh, they asked me at the, at the school paper, hey, do you want to do this? I was like, sure, I'll do it. Uh, the next week, the AP called me, hey, do you want to cover women's basketball? Hey, do you want to cover men's, uh, uh, men's basketball, football? And then Jennifer Iyer came along. So the best advice I can say is just do every little thing that you can um, to, to advance your career. That's awesome. So um, what haven't I asked you that you want fans to know about, either about um, your job or Chicago and Speedway's approach to social media or anything like that? Oh, geez. Um, uh, that we, we here, you know, the we... Are a, in NASCAR terms, we're a new track. Um, 2001, you know, a lot of tracks have the, you know, history to pull from, when, you know, the content from, like, like I said, Dale Earnhardt never raced here. Like, we can't showcase, you know, Dale Earnhardt on any of our social channels. We know that, you know, 
fans absolutely love seeing old pictures of senior and, and videos and stuff like that. So we have to be, um, we have a smaller pool of history to, to, to pull from. So we have to be really, really creative in the stuff that we do. And it's a, it's a challenge and it's a really, a really, really a fun, fun challenge. It sounds like you like your job. I really, really like my job. I think uh, um, I hate admitting this. The, 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 the I always do the. I know, and I think I kind of stole this from you. The quiet track pictures. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I do like I do sunrises um, every single uh, every single race day. Um, and uh, the first uh, the first one, the first cup sunrise, I sat there and thought of like uh, one of Ken Squire's calls to tweet out, and I started tearing up because it was that like powerful. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living the dream, right? L- living, li- absolutely living the dream. That's really cool. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Well, Brandon, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to do so, especially here on Skype. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. I, I, I commandeered my boss's office today. Uh, she's out, but don't tell her. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. So there you have it, and pretty interesting backstory there from Brandon about how he made it to NASCAR in the first place. I'm always fascinated by people's stories. Um, very different career paths. Doesn't seem like there's one set answer for people who want to get into the industry. Now I am off to Darlington Raceway and Richmond Raceway doing a combined trip because the races are so close. So I'll be staying out in Charlotte on Bob Pockers' couch. But there will be a post-race podcast from Darlington very late Sunday night. So check that out if you have some time. Until then, thanks as always for listening and talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.